0: With I Will Go on Victory 91.5 Hope you're having a wonderful day Wherever you are tuned in at We are talking all about Passover here with Ray And earlier we were talking about the four cups of wine You know, the sure. first one symbolizing being set apart The second one setting us free from slavery The new one, the third one is the new covenant Or the cup of redemption And then that fourth one symbolizing praise But let's dial in specifically on that second cup right now Tell us a little bit about that one and it's an interesting cup because when you drink it,
1: before you drink it, you dip your little pinky in it if you read the I got it and give you the instructions, and you drop uh, 10 drops out of it because you're remembering all of the plagues and the death of the Egyptians because they don't want their joy can't be full because someone had to die that they could be set free. So there, it goes both way, obviously. Someone has to die so you can be set free. Mm-hmm. But you also, there is this point on, you know, for folks who, who don't observe Passover but Good Friday, you know, it's hard to be really excited on Good Friday when you're thinking about the cross, even though it's setting you free. Whereas on Sunday, Resurrection Day, it's easy. Wake up early. Mm-hmm. Yay! Celebrate! So it's that same concept here. So the second cup it deals with the plagues and iniquity. So when you think plagues, think sin. Because we all don't have plagues come against us, but we all have sin. We've all chosen the wrong things. And these plagues are a lot a whole lot more than what you think they are. So, the verse that this goes with, I will free you from being slaves to them. So, you know, as a Christian, you are slaves to different sins. And throughout your life, they may change and adjust, but it, you'll see that he continues to try to enslave you. So, at this time, when when God first came to the Pharaoh, he said, listen... Um, He talked about the gods of Egypt and your sons. He said, you're trying to kill my son, I'll kill your son. And so he dealt with these gods of Egypt. So you're going back 1446 B.C., so about 1,500 years before Jesus came. So we're going to do this in two pieces because you got ten plagues, and that's a bunch. The first plague, turning the Nile into blood, this was a direct hit on quite a few of the gods of Egypt. It would remain blood for seven days, an entire week, to prove God's complete dominance. That's what seven means. Say So Num, K-H-N-U-M, was the guardian of the Nile sources. Happy, H-A-P-I, was the spirit of the Nile and a water bearer. They actually sang songs of adoration to his idol that was shaped like a crocodile. Imagine singing songs to a crocodile. Hmm. Osiris was probably well known as the god of the underworld. The river Nile was considered his bloodstream. So you can imagine, when the Nile turned to blood, the fish died. Several other gods literally protected the fish. So that obviously didn't look well. It was probably the first plague because the Nile had protected Moses when he was placed in the waters by his mother as a baby. So Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So God was saying that he had protected Moses, not these false gods. And Moses was his prophet. So the blood was the first one. Next, the plague of frogs. Believe it or not, the Egyptians deified frogs. They were sacred and could not be killed. It was a crime punishable by death. So the plague forced the Egyptians to tread on them and watch them all die and rot. The, there's literally a frog goddess. that was called Heket, who assisted women in childbirth. Talk about having some weird beliefs. Croak. The next one, the f- plague of lice. Jeb was the Egyptian god over the, the dust of the earth. So Aaron was told to stretch forth his, forth his rod and smite the dust of the earth. When he did, the dust became lice throughout the land on both people and beasts. The magicians of Pharaoh profess, this is the finger of God. This was the last plague that required Aaron's involvement. Remember, he was speaking for Moses because he didn't really have the courage because he stuttered. So then Moses steps up. It's also the last plague that affected the Israelites. so remember they had to deal with blood, frogs, and lice. No fun. But we also have to deal with things because they ha- they needed to be delivered just as badly as the Egyptians. Plague four is a plague of flies. Kepri, the Egyptian god of creation, had the head of a fly. Pharaoh begins bargaining telling them they may sacrifice in the land just not a three days' journey away. That's not going to work. Number five, the plague of cattle disease. There was a lot of cow gods in Egypt. Hathor was the goddess of love, beauty, and joy and was represented by a cow. Never thought love, beauty, and joy would be a cow, but mm-hmm. there you go. Ta and Chick-fil-A. Nevis were... See? Who, who knew Chick-fil-A would be involved in this? Ta and Nevis were sacred bulls. This plague created a huge economic disaster. So think about this. You're talking cattle here. So food, transportation, military supplies, farming, economic goods, all were produced from cattle. So the plague against cattle was very severe. Next, one I would not enjoy, the plague of boils. Sekmet was supposed to have the power of both creating epidemics and ending them. He failed. Serapis was the deity charged with the responsibility of healing. Also failed. Imhotep was the god of medicine and guardian of the healing sciences. Also failed. Isis, the Egyptian goddess of medicine and peace. Also failed. This plague made the people and the magicians unclean. This is the funniest of all the plagues. If you'll notice, the magicians, uh, they can't come back uh, and stand before Pharaoh because they're unclean now. And That's the last appearance in the story was the sixth plague. Hmm. So he's on his own. Plague 7, the plague of hail and fire raining down. Nut was the sky goddess. Flax and barley were ripening in the field, so hail and fire destroys all of the harvest. The plague of locusts. Whatever the fire didn't fix, the locusts took care of. Isis and Seth, their responsibilities related to agricultural crops. Seth was a god of storms and disorder. So this wonder definitely affected their life source by hitting them in their food supply. The Lord displayed the possibility of imminent death if a change of heart did not occur. Yet still, the Pharaoh would now listen. Number nine, the plague of darkness, Ra was a sun god. Considered one of Egypt's greatest gods Because they thought he provided life-giving light And warmth every day Three days of not just darkness But palpable darkness It says This was so immense It could be physically felt Covering the land of Egypt The sun was the most worshipped god in Egypt Other than Pharaoh himself Who gave no light Darkness was a representation of death Judgment and hopelessness So the ninth plague was pretty serious uh, darkness was a complete absence of light. Can you imagine Moses walking out as the shadow of darkness follows him out of the palace to leave Pharaoh in the dark until he acknowledged the living God? But, of course, we all know number ten's the
0: worst. And there's a lot to talk about on that one, so we'll save that one for the next break. We will talk about that one really soon. I love... The idea that it was letting everyone know and reminding them that God is the one true God. It all points yeah. back to the one true God, the Lamb of God, Jesus. And that's what all this second cup's about, the ten drips. So, really important part of Passover. Make sure you are staying tuned for this next break. I'm really excited to hear about it.
1: This is-